Wake up, West Georgia. It's time for the podcast powered by coffee and Mountain Dew. The Morning Five with Bryce Sparling and Billy Lindahl. Good morning, West Georgia. Welcome into the Morning Five podcast. Today is Thursday, October 27th. And as always, it is brought to you by the Parian Lawyers. Nobody wakes up thinking, man, I hope I hire a lawyer today. But hey, life happens. Don't call one of those big law firms with overused slogans and thousands of billboards. We have a top-notch law firm right here in West Georgia. The Parian Lawyers with offices in Carrollton and Bremen. Personal injury, workman's comp, and everything in between. Find them at callcadenow.com. That's C-A-L-L-C-A-D-E-N-O-W.com. Local lawyers, catchy slogans, a few billboards, big results. Millie, today is National American Beer Day. Awesome. A good day. What What is your favorite American beer? Well, you know me. I don't drink beer. Right. So, uh, obviously, if I had to say, hey, let's go with an American beer, the first thing that immediately pops into mind is Budweiser, just because that's the first thing when you think of, I think, I think really? American beer, I think of the Clydesdale commercials the 911 commercials yeah that's just the first thing that pops into my mind that's a uh, that's not american <laughs> it's st louis that's uh st louis not, that's not an american beer oh it's not an american beer budweiser is not american nope you're full of it it's, it's st louis man it's it's like a gray area it's brewed here but it's owned by Anheuser-Busch, and that is a German company. Oh, well. So it's like it's like one of those gray area things. Uh, but that is like, so Sam Adams and Yingling <laughs> yeah. always give like Budweiser and Coors and Miller and all that stuff. They always give them crap because they're owned by foreign countries or foreign companies. And Yingling and Sam Adams are owned by American companies. So yeah, it, it's like it's like a you never thought there would be memes in the beer world. Me. It's the, it's the optics of things. You know, when yeah. you think of, you think of it, you know, the first thing you think of is, oh, it's a St. Louis company. Okay. Yeah. My every, favorite beer is Sam Adams. Commercial, every single commercial was, oh, St. Louis, Missouri. Okay. They're actually from Deutschland. Yes, they're not from St. Louis, Missouri. No, that's very wrong. They're from the Deutschland. They're very, very German. Uh, my favorite beer by far my american my favorite american beer is samuel adams uh, they consistently put out a fantastic product year after year with their oktoberfest beer uh oh, and you've got the oktoberfest right now don't you love oktoberfest yeah um we have about the maybe another three weeks of it maybe or maybe two weeks and then they roll into their winter beer which is pretty good it's not it's not as good it's not as good as their fall oktoberfest beer but it's fine um, but yeah, Sam Adams, my favorite American beer. Do you typically, when you have Oktoberfest, because Oktoberfest is only available at certain times of year, do you just like buy several cases of it just ahead of time and just hold on to it for months out of the year? Thousand percent. Not months because I am an alcoholic. Um, <laughs> it's usually gone pretty quickly. Uh, but yes, I do buy a lot of it. Uh, in fact, when we go to grocery stores and there's Sam Adams there, I, I'm not joking. I literally buy all the Sam Adams they have, the Oktoberfest they have. If, if they have three cases, I buy all three cases. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The only place I don't do that is at Sam's. Sam's usually has the 
18 packs and they usually have like 30 of them so i'll buy four or five i mean my entire it, there is a full-size refrigerator in my garage my beer my beer fridge in the garage it is full of sam adams the entire yeah. refrigerator side is full of sam, uh, sam adams oktoberfest so i usually try to buy enough to make it through football season college football season not nfl i can't buy that much um but yeah yeah that's I, i'm a big fan of a uh, big fan of sam adams oktoberfest Billy, last night, also big fan, Hawks winning. Hawks beat the Detroit Pistons last night, 118 to 113. Uh, Pistons made it close a lot of times late in the game, but the Hawks just did enough to stay ahead. They never really let the, and they never let the Pistons really get a foothold. You know, they'd get two or three points close to the Hawks and the Hawks would make a couple baskets. Rinse, repeat for like the last eight minutes of the game. Uh, and, it's, and it's what you needed after that Charlotte blowout. Yeah, we were watching it a little bit at Sissy's last night. You know, the, the Hawks were actually down by eight at, at one point in the third quarter, um, and they were able to bounce back and and just basically take over, which was really good to see. Um, it's a it's not a great showing by the Hawks. You know, you, these the Pistons are not a great uh, basketball team, but at the same time, anytime you get a win in the NBA is a good thing. Um, yeah, bingo. So, uh, they're doing a lot better than they started last year because, uh, you know, they're up to a three and one start. And last year they were. I don't think we won three struggling. games until like two months into the season last year. They were yeah. struggling, man. <laughs> it was uh, it was it was bad last year. It was a struggle. Uh, Trey goes for thirty five and six, goes sixteen for seventeen from the free throw, one for seven from three though. That's a little concerning, man. And we've talked about this so far this season is the Hawks shooting hasn't really been on point yet yeah he's he hasn't really hit his stride it from from beyond the arc there's no doubt are you worried uh, no not yet yeah We're four you. Game in. uh you know and you know the people that are worried about the hawks i'm not, i'm not worried about the hawks i mean number one a they're three and one number two you just put a brand new point guard in at shooting guard so they're trying to figure this ish out like on the fly. So I, I'm not worried at all. It's just yep. one of those things that has to happen. I'm with you, man. It's sort of like batters when they start the first couple of series with a bad average. You know, it's they're, they're finding their groove. They're starting out and they're finding their groove. And I have faith that that Trey will find his groove. It might, it might take a little bit longer this year because of DeJounte being there. But I, I don't I have full faith that he's going to figure out his his shooting. He's too good of a player not to. Right. Um, new line mate, of, hockey, that kind of thing. I mean, in, yeah. anytime you get a new teammate and you're trying to figure things out, I mean, heck, he's got, he had how many assists? Six assists? Is that right? He had eight assists. He had eight uh, assists last night. Yeah, yeah. Almost had a double double. Um, And, I mean, he was, DeJounte Murray was good. Yeah. As always. Yeah. I mean, yeah, DeJounte Murray's the better version of Westbrook. 14 points, eight rebounds, eight assists, almost a triple double. Uh, JC out there, 19 points, 11 rebounds. That's exactly what you want from John Collins. The night it's in and night new, out. Uh, it's his new average. Yeah. You give me 2010, you give me 2010 every single night. Yeah. I'm going to take that out of JC. I absolutely love that. Uh, Hunter had 17 points. Clint Capella and John Collins both had four blocks in last night's game. That's the first pair of Hawks teammates to reject at least four shots in a single game since December 21st, 2016 against Minnesota. And the two Hawks that did it, Kyle Corver and Kent Bazemore. So two guards. Two guards. Oh. <laughs> um, Kyle, Kyle, Kyle Corver, the shot blocker. 
we were um, we were kind of interviewing coaches, but there was a sh- shot block that JC had. That the chase down block. Yeah. Oh my god, it was yeah, beautiful. That was, that was amazing. Uh, oh, Nate said that was the play of the game. He said that that oh. that chase down block was the play of the game. DeAndre Hunter said the same when uh, I was listening to the Hawks radio network on the way home, and uh, Hawks Hawks legend um, Steve Holman was interviewing him, and he and he even mentioned that he said, "Look, he was that's that's exactly what the momentum we needed right there." And and John early on in the season looks like he's a different animal than he was last year, man. I mean, he just you know he looks he looks like he's a different guy. He looks like he's playing with a chip on his shoulder almost to prove that. He might be the n- number two option in Atlanta. Right. Who knows? You know, he might be. Uh, but the Hawks are off tonight. They play Detroit again tomorrow up in Detroit. And we will have that preview for you on Friday. Billy, the World Series is about to start. Then I have some World Series odds for you. Ugh. Let me get your opinion on some of these odds. We talk about the World Series. I know yeah. you're excited about it. Phillies and Astros, man. Big fan. God help Big me. fan. Uh, you know, I think we've already kind of gone over how many games we're going to watch it. If it's if it's on and nothing else is on, I'll flip it on. I'm not going out of my way to watch this thing. I'm just not. I don't. I, I just don't care about it enough. You know what I mean? I'm I'm not going to say, oh, oh, the World Series is on. Let me turn it on. No, yeah, no. no. Like, hey, the, the teams just make me sick. <laughs> and B, it's not my team, man. Yeah. So, like, I'm like, mm, no. Uh, to win, the Astros are the favorite at a minus one ninety, and the Phils are the dog at a plus one sixty five. Phils at one sixty five. I am too, man. I think they're hot right now. I think they're hot. They're playing well. They're pitching well. I would take the Phils at one sixty five. I would take the Phils if they were the favorite. I, I you know, Phils straight up. I, I think they're going to win it. Uh, total games played: four is at a plus five fifty, five is at a plus two eighty, six is at a plus two hundred five, and seven is at a plus two fifteen. If I had to take it, I would probably say that it's going to 205. Give me six games. Six games. Yeah, that's that's the favorite right now. I would say some six or seven. It's not going to go four, and I'd be shocked if it went five. It's it's six or seven. It's one of those two, whichever you're more comfortable with. That'd be awesome. <laughs> it's over. Uh, Grand Slam hit in the World Series. Yes, is at a plus 260. No, is at a minus 380. No. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm not. Um, I wonder where the last World Series Grand Slam was. I know. Ooh, pick me. <laughs> Billy Wynn was the last World Series Grand Slam hit. Game five of last year's World Series, Adam Duvall hit a Grand Slam. And oh. I was in the building and holy crap, I still get chills thinking about it. Getting him. I, was, uh, I think I could hear you screaming. I was outside. I was in the battery. Uh, and I think I could hear uh, you and Gav screaming from outside oh, the battery. Dude, look, inside the stadium, I thought the place was about to collapse. I mean, yeah. that's how loud and how just unreal it was. I can't imagine how it sounded from outside the battery. Dude, it was it was cool because you could. So we were watching it, obviously, and there's a bit of a delay. We could hear the crack of the bat and then we could hear everyone in the stadium erupting maybe a second before we saw the saw the grand slam on the TVs out in the battery. So like it was this wave of just like just jubilation and emotion and shouting and screaming and ah dude it was it was it was the second coolest experience I have ever had live at a sporting event. It was yeah. it was awesome. Yeah. Really really cool. 
Uh, where were we? Grand Slam. Uh, complete Games Thrown, yes, is at a plus 710. No, is at a minus 1600. Zero now, chance. This is an answer that I have no idea. I don't know when the last Complete Game was in the Zero World Series. Zero chance happens. I don't know. Tom, Tom, uh, Tom Brady, Jesus. Tom Glavin did it right in the 90s. No, ninety. He didn't. He didn't throw a complete game. No, no. You're right. He did eight innings. That's right. Wallers came in and saved that one. Um, it's happening. Yeah. No. No. So that's that's definitely a no. World Series a, changed uh, completely. Uh, the la- I don't even remember the last time somebody went seven innings in a World Series, um, because that's that's hard. It, people just don't do it anymore. You no, know what I mean? No. No. Absolutely not. Uh, let's see. The last complete game in a World Series was 2005. Is that what this is saying? I don't know. There, I got. It's 16. I just needed an answer. They're giving me 16 paragraphs. I don't care. I think it was in 2005. Uh, and then the most home runs hit. Uh, Jordan Alvarez at a plus 370. Kyle Schwarber at a plus 370. Bryce Harper at a plus 430. And Reese Hoskins at a plus 650. Who's going to hit the most home runs this series? Schwarber's been hot, man. Like, he's been really hot. Although Bryce Harper... I think Bryce Harper is on, as a man possessed right now. Oh, Brucey boy. Champions, the championship to Philly. Uh, it would be between those two for me. I don't think Reese Hoskins has it. Jordan Alvarez could bring it for for uh, Houston, but I'm, I'm going to go with Schwarby. I'm going with Schwarby on this one. And then the last one, who has the most RBIs in the uh, in the World Series? Jordan Alvarez at a plus 330. Bryce Harper at a plus 400. Kyle Tucker at plus 650. Or Kyle Schwarber at plus 750. Um, I mean, Kyle Tucker. Okay. I like the odds at 650. Um, yeah, I'll take that. Okay. I'm going to go with Bruce Hooper on this one because that dude's been raking lately. I mean, he's been killing the ball. His slash numbers in the postseason are nuts. So give me old, give me old Brucey boy. Give me old Bruce Hooper there uh, for the most RBIs in the World Series. Billy, what is this next segment? WLOCP topic? Okay, WLOC topic. World's largest outdoor cocktail party. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I saw that and I immediately thought the World Series of Poker and I was like, nah, that's not it. What in, nope. what nope. in the world? Okay. All right. I'm with you. All right. So Saturday is the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. There you go. That's been happening in Jacksonville for God knows how how long. It's been a long time. I don't know. Can't tell you. Long, long time. Um, my question. If you're a Georgia fan or a, and I know Matt, Maverick Way is going to text us immediately about this. Matt. <laughs> Matt Ridgeway. <laughs> if you're a Georgia fan or a Florida fan, do you want this to go home and home? Ah, man, I I don't know if I can answer that because I'm neither a Georgia fan or a Florida fan. If I am a coach of either university, I do because yeah. that is a recruiting opportunity ding, that you ding, can ding. have. Um, but as a fan, from what I have heard, I've never been to this game. But from what I have heard, it is one of the coolest, most unique, most interesting uh, pregame tailgate parties in all of college football. And it's one of the last neutral site rivalry games we have left in college football. 
Red uh, River being another one. I think Red River's not played. On I pit. know. I'm, I'm I'm trying to think. I think that's the only other one. I don't. I can't think of any other because Army Navy's home and home. Ohio State Michigan's home and home. The Iron Bowl's home and home. Uh, I think I think the Red River and the world's largest outdoor cocktail party are the last two neutral site big rivalry games. So, you know, it, in that sense, you almost want to you almost want to save it. You almost want to preserve it and, and leave it how it is. I know I know it sucks for recruiting, um, but I, I think it's something unique, and I think that's something unique for college football. And when and when Florida is good in those very rare occasions. Uh, it makes for a it makes for a good you know competition. <laughs> makes for a good scene. It makes for a good college <laughs> game day. You know, <laughs> so you know once once in every fifteen years when Florida actually has a good football team, it makes for uh, an interesting oh, game. Oh, now you're just taking shots at him. Yeah, I am. <laughs> you um, took your best no. coach and won a national championship with him. Sorry about me, it. For me, it was um, I. I would want it home and home. I think the fans having a home game in Georgia players will never know what playing in the swamp is like or Florida players will never know what playing between the hedges is like you know and especially that game could be a, a night game in Athens or a night game in the swamp that's just atmosphere that you cannot get back and like you mentioned recruiting they're starting to allow recruits now in Jacksonville but still, you want your recruits on campus. You want your recruits to figure out what campus life is like, what what a game at home is like. You don't want them down in Jacksonville. You know, the, the, the only thing I would say to that is because this is an away game for both teams, not really for Florida, but because it's an away game, it almost feels bigger. You know, I mean, I know it would be a big game if they invited the Gators in between the hedges. But for Georgia, your routine would just be like any other normal home game routine, you know? Okay, well, let me let me offer this. If you still want to keep it neutral, stop doing it just strictly Jacksonville and say, oh, it's halfway. Bull crap it is. It, it's 70 miles from, from Florida's campus. If you want to keep it a little bit more, more neutral, all right, well, next year, let's have it in Mercedes-Benz. No. It's 70 no. miles from Athens campus. I know, but there that the atmosphere at Mercedes Benz is one okay. of the crappiest atmospheres. It sucks. That place is awful for pregame tailgating. Jacksonville, from what I have heard, is the haven for pregame tailgating. I mean, the party Let's that's not the that out, then. They're not gonna do it. That that's a whole nother podcast. That's a whole nother issue. Um Mercedes Benz Stadium is trying to kill pregame tailgating and they're doing a fantastic job at it. So nope. Like I said, I would rather have things on campus. Do it at Georgia Southern. <laughs> go, oh to, go to Georgia Southern and do it. Those guys know how to pregame tailgate. They know how to party. <laughs> I no, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it at Jacksonville. Um, I don't mind. I don't mind rivalry games that are that are played at a neutral site. I mean, if they if they would want to do that, the Ohio State Michigan game. I know a lot of people would be pissed off about it. I wouldn't care. Uh, you know, make it a Super Bowl. Make it a Super Bowl type of environment and have it at Lucas Indoor in Indy. You know, um, or have it somewhere unique. Have it in Akron. Have it in the you know, the, the Hall of Fame, the Football Hall of Fame up in Akron. I, yeah. I think that'd be I think that'd be cool. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I can I can give you an Ohio State fans opinion on it. I can't give you a, a Georgia Florida fans opinion on it. That's fair. 
All right, you ready for the Marine South scoreboard? A lot of green looks like today, Billy. A lot of green. That's a Let's good day. Go. Let's go. All right. Uh, yesterday in softball playoffs in the Elite Eights down in Columbus, Bremen beat Harlem 4-3 to three, uh, behind an Ansley Agen uh, bomb with late in the game. It was awesome. It was awesome to see. I think it was in the fifth or sixth inning. It was beautiful. Yep. Alden lost to Emanuel uh, County Institute five to nothing. Uh, they're now in. You have to win or go home. Mode. And unfortunately, they're not the only local team that has that. Uh, Villarica falls to Northgate two to one. They also are in win and go home mode. And we'll tell you where they when they play next here shortly. Central beat Wayne County seven to three. Carly Fuller is a beast on the mound and at the plate because Bryce got a great shot of her three-run home run that she hit, and she killed it. Absolute yak. Uh, Bryce was able to watch this game a little bit more than I was. Heard County beat Social Circle 10-1, to and you were talking about it kind of during the game. You're just different, man. Dude, it could have it could have easily been twenty to one. I mean, I think Heard County had the bases loaded in three of the first four innings, and the only inning they didn't have the bases loaded, they had runners on first and second or second and third. Uh, yeah, they it, they just looked like a different squad yesterday. Yeah. All right, in flag football last night, Central beats East Paulding forty-one to nothing. Then turn around and beat Douglas County. Your alma mater, nineteen to nothing. I guess they do lose, Bryce. Well, flag football. It doesn't. That doesn't uh, really I guess count. They do lose, Bryce. Doesn't really count. Carrollton uh, <laughs> lost to Lithia Springs, eighteen to nothing, and then beat Crapple Hill, eight to nothing. Uh, Billerica at home. It was their first home game ever uh, for flag football. They beat South Paulding, thirteen to nothing, and then beat New Manchester, thirty-one to nothing. What's so going? Green. A lot of green on the Marine South scoreboard. Love on the stuff games and events calendar tonight, softball, Heard County is, at, is facing Mount Vernon at one. Bowden faces Glasgow County at five. Freeman, Gordon Lee at one. Central faces East Forsyth at three. And Villarica faces East Side at seven. Yuck. Yeah. That's that's unfortunate. I like uh, the one the one through fives. I like those. Yeah. <laughs> Um, also tonight, uh, if you guys are able to listen to this on hometown sports media, we are covering the, um, the middle school championships. So we will have the small school championship, which will happen at five o'clock, which is temple versus Harrelson County. And then the large school championship, which is central versus Hurt County at seven. That'll happen tonight at, um, at West Georgia. So if you want to come out, come out. It's going to be a fun, fun night. You get to watch two middle school games from five to let's say eight thirty. Um, it'll be it'll be a fun game. And Thursday night football tonight, Ravens versus the uh, pa- Patriots, right, Bryce? Yeah, I believe that is the. Uh, <laughs> I believe that is the game versus the Bucks. It's it's. <laughs> right, it was the uh, Ravens Ravens Patriots tonight. Pretty sure. Ravens. Bryce thought that uh, Tom Brady was still playing for the. Yeah, I was I was sitting there thinking they had a Monday Thursday, and I'm like, why would they do this to Tom Brady? I'm like, Billy was like, do they play plays for the uh, uh, Bucks now, you moron? I'm like, oh yeah, that's right, Bucks. Bucks didn't play Monday night. That was his old squad. There he is. Uh, do you, Do you have any interest in this Thursday night game? Uh, 
As a Falcons fan, yeah. Because at this point, tomorrow morning, we'll wake up, uh, hopefully, in sole first place. Uh, dude, the Bucks are not beating the Ravens. You will wake up in sole possession of first place. The Bucks are not beating the Ravens. Lamar so, Jackson's going to have, like, over 300 all-purpose yards. I don't know if you talked to Matt Ridgeway about this, but he has a little bit of insight. He thinks that we're going to wake up on Friday morning and uh, Bucks will have a new offensive coordinator. What are they going to do with Byron Lef- Lefwich? I thought he was the genius right. last year. They're, that's what I said. And they're thinking they are getting rid of him and will be gone by the end by the end of this game. Have you seen the spread on this game? No. The Bucks are a point and a half favorite. They're at home. So they yeah. think highly of the Ravens by a point and a half, right? And so they get a three, it'd be a two and a half, yeah. So they think the Ravens are a two and a half, or no, a point. They think the Ravens are a point and a half favorite. Yeah, but yeah, Bucks are a point and a half favorite. Wow, I might put a little soft earned dollars down on a Thursday oh, segment early, right there. Early soft earned dollars. Yeah, I might do an early soft earned dollars on the Ravens. Uh, before we do that, let's get to another cup of coffee, Billy. I need one. Brought to you by Realtor Hannah oh, Strawn man, with Robert Goolsby Real Estate Group. Uh, yeah, this uh, this sparkling ice ginger lime is not doing it for me this morning. <laughs> I, I grabbed this and I thought it was orange flavoring, and it is not. It is ginger lime. To be fair, uh, it is an orange label. Yeah, I mean that's you would you would think this looks like an orange flavor. It's certainly right. not. This is ginger lime. I took a first sip of it and thought I was eighty years old. Did so you uh, it? yeah, it was not great. It was not great. Uh, Bears trade defensive end Robert Quinn to the Eagles for fourth round pick. The best keep getting better. Undefeated yeah, it, Eagles get a good defensive end. And the bad thing is, is you only got, I think the Bears only got like a fourth or fifth round pick for it, right? Fourth. Yeah, that's that's just nuts to me. Terrible franchise. That, that franchise is run just absolutely, absolutely horrible. Uh, Aaron Rodgers stands by comments on Packers offense says no one raised an issue with him about what he said on the Pat McAfee show on Tuesday. He said that people that were not giving enough effort needed to be benched. So dude, his entire conversation with Pat was really, really good on Tuesday, like yeah. really good. And you know, AJ Hawk asked him, Hey, uh, what did the, what did they really mess with you defensively? And Aaron Rodgers said nothing. They didn't do anything out of the ordinary. <laughs> it's just execution on their part. And that's basically what he is saying. But be, but when they say that soundbite, you know how the internet's going to do. They're going to clip, oh, yeah. clip AJ's question and him saying nothing. And then that's all that it's going to be is, is that. And they're not going to include his explanation of it. But they have been filleting Rogers over that interview, and nothing. If you listen no. to the entirety of the interview, nothing was said that's really controversial. Just we need to play better. I, I mean, it's essentially, and people who aren't giving a a hundred percent effort don't need to play. I mean, newsflash: that's football. That's football everywhere. So, and, and I, also listen to Aaron Rodgers for once. Like, yeah, Pat, I've gotten lucky to listen to the Pat McAfee show and him talking to Pat for the past couple of weeks. Yeah, listen to him. Like he. He's pretty much the same guy every single week. And he's trying to do this with a wide receiver core that is arguably a top or a bottom five wide receiver core in the NFL. That it's an NC3A. 
<laughs> roster <laughs> wide receiver. Yeah. <laughs> not necessarily uh, NC2A. It may be no. in, it's not NFL, but it's kind of in between. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's like a, a Blue Mountain State wide receiver uh roster. <laughs> Uh, the Brooklyn Nets, Steve Nash, was ejected for the first time as a head coach last night. That a boy, in, in a one ten to ninety nine loss to the Milwaukee Bucks. I thought the Brooklyn Nets were just going to come in and sweep everybody. That's what I heard when they put this roster together. Uh, but they're they're one and three now, and you just you just hate to see it for Kevin Durant. You just you know you just hate to see it up there for Mr. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Such good guys. You hate to see them. You hate to see it. <laughs> uh, the NFL needs to seriously look into grass fields over turf fields, says head coach Pete Carroll. Thank you, Pete Carroll. I've been saying that for years. I'm glad that someone else is on the bandwagon. We had the full Patty Mac show that is also on my bandwagon. Grass is just safer. Okay. I'm not going to argue because I don't. I don't have any real argument against it you know it, yeah. it is for this yeah. it, it hey turf is cheaper i understand it upkeep and all that stuff it's cheaper yeah. and it looks nicer to most people i, I prefer the look of grass but you know turf turf probably looks better to most people on on film to be fair you probably like the look of grass when it's actually kept up well i'm telling you i, I like the I, that, what i like is the used worn out game 10 cold december <laughs> ohio state grass that's what I like. The O is faded. The end zones are faded. It's cold, crappy weather, and you're playing hard-nosed football. That's what I like. That's what it reminds me of. It's not there anymore. So. It's, I know. We have. Because it's below the water level, we can't grow grass in Ohio Stadium. Well, we did it for 70 years successfully. So, I don't know. Did the water level just automatic? That's a whole. I'm going to get into a rant. I'm not going to. That's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a rant for a different day. Uh, Matt Ryan, after being benched, he's having to embrace being the Colts' backup and says he will be the best backup to Sam Ellinger that he can be. Did you see this happening this year? Because I certainly didn't. I thought Matt Ryan was going to be really good with Indianapolis. I figured, I literally said to somebody that he would be an MVP candidate because I said... I, I would I would, I would, would have been on board with that, honestly. When you look at what he had going into this year, he had a a veteran offensive line. He had a number one running back that was awesome. And he had good wide receivers. I don't understand. And a great defense. Don't understand. Uh, the main thing I think that's hurting Matt Ryan right now is that offensive line is playing like absolute dog crap. And it's hurting the running game. And essentially, I mean, McAfee said this the other day on the show. He said, what we promised Matt Ryan going into the season is not what we delivered. We promised Matt Ryan a good running game a great offensive line. He wasn't going to be hit much and a lot of talented wide receivers that we wouldn't have to put the game on his shoulders week in and week out. And that's not what we've delivered. We've had right. to put the game on his shoulders week in and week out because our offensive line can't pass block. Our offensive line can't run block and our running backs can't run the ball. So he said, you know what we've promised Matt sort of not what we delivered. So it's sort of unfair for us to get pissed off at him. And to be fair, he's not even going to be the number two. Um, Nick Foles is going to be the number two this this week, and because he's in, Matt Ryan's injured, so Ellinger is one, Foles is two right now on the depth. That's chart. crazy. That's crazy. That Foles, they signed Foles this offseason to be the backup, and then he lost his job to Sam Ellinger. Hook'em horns. Uh, and today in 2021, the Cleveland Guardians men's roller derby team 
files a lawsuit seeking to block the MLB baseball Cleveland Indians name change. How do you not how do you not know this exists if you are the Cleveland Guardians front office? Like, how do you not exhaust everything and make sure that there's no one that could sue you over the Guardians name? And if there is, buy them off. It's a roller derby team. How much could it cost? Roller derby team. Leave them the F alone. Like, I don't understand. It's stupid. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. uh, It's it's kind of like. There's a there's a line in the in the Avengers movies, and you I know you don't know this, but talking about how you know does an ant have a problem with a boot? Um, and he makes a, he makes a comment about it, and he goes ant, which is a, the uh, roller derby team, and boot is Major League Baseball. Look, you don't have a quarrel with him until you just kind of say, <laughs> watch this, and squash him. Yeah, I mean, when you're bigger, you're bigger. You take you take what you want. Sorry, I, I don't I don't see any issues with this. Oh well, the issue is is the Guardian should have a known about this. I mean, oh. if it's a oh. yeah, if it's a registered team name. Oh, stop it! I mean, hey, they're gonna they're gonna battle it out in court. Mean anything? They're gonna battle it out in court. I mean, you should have like you're gonna get one right now. They should have known that the Guardians front office should have known that. I mean, how much would it have been to buy the name from the roller derby team? Next, you're going to say that a badminton team has a has a name that you you're going to have. Mm-hmm. Hey, if they do, gotta buy it. Stop it. Hey, you do. That's hey, that's business, baby. That's making money. Guardians, the roller derby team. They're hot. They're big up in Cleveland. They're bigger than the Indians. Probably uh, probably pull a bigger uh, bigger uh, attendance. Well, considering that the Indians are no longer. Yeah, that's probably fair. They'll always be the Indians, just like Washington will always be the Redskins. You don't, you don't get rid of your name. That's your name forever so and ever. Amen. So the Nationals will always be the Expos? The Expos, yeah. Yeah, and the Expos. Uh, Oklahoma City will always be the Sonics. You know, you don't change. You can't go away. We know we know your roots. Washington's always the Bullets. Until until the Washington football team gets uh, sold by Dan Schneider and he changes the Poop Juice Stadium, they will always be the Redskins. You got anything else for today, man? Nope. All right, let's get out of here on a Thursday. We will see you tomorrow on a Football Friday edition of the Morning Five. But until then, have a good day. Follow us on all social medias today to keep up with the softball action down in Columbus. Just cheer these girls on to a state championship. And we'll see you tomorrow. Same time, same place. Shake your neighbors. Just shake them. Shake your neighbors.